believe that every one of us can create beautiful images, feel fulfilled and improve our well-being through photography. The Quiet Landscapes podcast explores the life and work of photographers, creatives and thought leaders through monthly conversations that will inspire you. My name is Margaret Soraya and I'm so glad that you are here. Welcome to the Quiet Lancers podcast. I have today with me uh, Nicola Dove, who is a professional film stills photographer, and she's actually worked with some really big names like uh, Johnny Depp, Dame Judi Dench, Steve Coogan, and also on the latest Bond movie. So I'm really excited that she's joined me today, all the way from New Zealand. Um, it's currently evening for Nicola and for me it's seven o'clock in the morning. Um, so thank you so much for, for joining me today. Do you want to just quickly tell um, the audience a little bit about what you do? Uh, it sounds so interesting and I'd, I'd really like to hear it from you. Sure, yes. Hello and uh, hello from a rather stormy evening in New Zealand. <laughs> Hopefully the rain will hold off for us. Um, I am a film stills photographer which means that I take pictures on film sets uh, and they get used for marketing and the publicity to, to market that film. So it's kind of a simple process, uh, um, a simple idea, um, but often quite complicated to achieve when you are working around a, a, a very intense and busy um, crew. Um, so, yeah, I'm on set uh, taking pictures of the action as it happens and getting all those behind-the-scenes images of directors talking to actors and you know the cinematographers and the um, costume designers and things like that um, as well as getting images the aim is to get images that help represent that film um, and so you know if you see a review of a film in a magazine or online now and there's pictures that look like they've come from the film and often they've come from a stills photographer so you're you're getting images that that look like they're part of the film but um yeah, we are there uh, capturing the action as it happens um, alongside the camera too. So do you have to, do you get any time allotted? Is there any, or do you just have to keep up with the action and, and take the images as, as it happens? Or do you get a certain amount of time to spend with them to set things up as well? Not really, no. The idea is to, to get as much as you can during the action. Um, and that's always, you know, that always lends itself to a better um, more genuine image you're getting that real actor's performance you know so that's part of the thrill of getting of working with actors and and getting that real performance and often um, if you know if you do go and set things up again afterwards and sometimes you'll ask if to get a little bit of time there's never any scheduled time unless you're doing an offset kind of poster shoot or something separate but um, most of the time you're trying to get it while you can and if you can't maybe you'll get 30 seconds to get the actors to redo something and um, sometimes they will give you an amazing performance and other times they'll talk about what they had for lunch <laughs> while they're holding that look you know so I'm not recording sound luckily so sometimes it's a bit of a laugh and um, but it's always better to get it during a take if you can. Fantastic. That's amazing. So can you just tell me how you, um, I think it's probably the most common question that you get, I would imagine, how did you come to be doing what you're doing? How, have you always done it? Have you always been a photographer? Give us a little bit of a, a sort of brief background, if that would be okay. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, I left uh, school and and travelled for a little bit and then uh, fell into photography, decided to study photography back here in New Zealand. And I fell in love with documentary photography was really where my heart was and perhaps still is. Um, And I travelled a lot and worked for NGOs and um, aid agencies and um, did my own projects and... uh, you know, worked a lot in Asia and Africa. Um, and then uh, we moved, my now husband and I moved to the UK um, uh, in the early 2000s. And I sort of fell into the film industry there. I met a film producer and um, he liked my documentary work and I got to work on one of their feature films eventually. But first I had to go and get a I spent about a year uh, working for free on short films to get a portfolio together in order to be accepted for that job with him. Um, and so it was a mixture of sort of luck of meeting the right person and then a lot of awful lot of hard work to try and learn the ropes of this um, industry to try and take advantage of that opportunity. That's amazing. Isn't it funny how life takes us in different different ways just by a little bit of chance? But then, as you say, hard work to back it up because I don't think, you know, these opportunities and you doing what you're doing now so beautifully is um, it's not just luck, is it? It's <laughs> a lot of work going on there. So, um, you know, you you do appear to have a lot of skills in, in portraiture, obviously. It looks to me and I can I can sort of feel what you're doing um as a very um you have to be very quick about what you're what you're shooting you have to know what you're shooting you have to know your camera inside out am i right in this um and you also have to be able to use the light very well um very intuitively and also take the opportunities i suppose as they come and just use what you've got um how did you you know how did you build up those skills was that just through learning and doing well, this documentary sort of training that I undertook that I, once I left left photography school is perfect for film industry work because you have to make the most of what's unfolding in front of you and you have to anticipate what might happen and be patient enough to wait for elements to come together um, and be in the right place at the right time. And also... I did a lot of weddings. I shot weddings in order to pay for these trips that I was doing away as a, you know, in my 20s. I shot a lot of weddings here in New Zealand and in the UK when I first got there. And that's how I bought all my gear. That's how I um, made my living for for some, most of my 20s. And I worked for some magazines as well. So it was a, a good combination. But um, as you will know, as a, as a wedding photography, that is the best training of all for any kind of photography because you don't get a second chance. You've got to be so on the ball, not just with your technical skills. Um, and the light is changed. You know, you'll be inside a dark church and then outside and then you've got to do portraits and then you're getting capturing moments and groups. And, you know, that was the best training. I say to photographers, don't be... Um, um kind of what's you know people look down on weddings a little bit like don't do that it's the best training of all and uh that really and you know and you've got to smile and be happy through it all and be nice to the to the guests the whole time so that was brilliant training and then once I got on a film set I just loved the collaborative aspect of it 
I loved getting to know the crew well. And, you know, as a photographer, often you dip in and out of places, but you never work really as part of a, a group for a sustained period of time. So I really loved that. I love working with actors and their processes that they go through. I find it fascinating. And it's an interesting mix of that technical side of things, where, which is what photography is as well, isn't it? You know, you have to know your way around a camera. Um, you have to have some aspect of you that is uh, capable of, figuring out that tech stuff and a film is just so much tech, but it's also this really um, enticing, elusive, creative thing going on where, you know, those little moments that come and go and, and um, the, all the creativity that goes on on a film set, it's really fascinating to be part of. I think that's what I'd picked up when I was looking through your work and what you do. It's um, I saw it as very, very similar to, to weddings because you, you, always, you have to be that very calm, level-headed, smiley, happy person who knows their kit inside out and can deal with anything, any opportunity, you know, that's that's given to you. And it doesn't matter what the, what the light's like at that time, you just have to deal with it and, and learn. You're, you learn to use your camera in that way. So I, I can I can completely understand how uh, weddings would have, have trained you very, very well for this. Um, I think that weddings for me have trained me to shoot anything. <laughs> feel like I could shoot any genre um, because of, uh, you know, for, for how long I've been doing it and the sort of situations I've been shooting in. So I totally, totally agree with you on that one. And I don't think that we should, I think there is, um, it's often a little bit looked down on with the wedding industry, but it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And, and people that do it really well, um, you know, they, they should really be upheld because it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to do. Um, did you feel that you, um, would just, just w- wanted to move on from, from weddings? Was that just a, as you say, an income for you? And then you use that to leapfrog you into what you're doing now. And do you feel, there's two questions here. <laughs> do you feel that what you're doing now is the right place in the world for you? Um, you, and you can do it forever. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, where, you, where the photography journey takes you. And um, I I did enjoy the weddings. Um, and I think looking back, what happened is that when I started getting more films, um, A, I didn't need to do the weddings so much for, for, for the money anymore. But also, you know, for a film, you get booked for two months, three months, four months. Sometimes you get, you know, as you, as you progress in that industry, you'll be on something every day. But initially, it would be selected days, and those days would change. And I couldn't actually commit to a wedding job because a film might come over, and I'd have. So I ended up sort of having to choose one or the other. And yeah, it it was, you know, wedding weddings are tough as well. It's that I, you know, I I get nervous I definitely remember getting nervous before a wedding and that's the sort of butterflies and I think I mean it got better as the years went on but I don't miss that mind you I still get that on a first day of a film job or before a big poster shoot of course and I think those nerves are um, you know it's you've got to keep it all in balance and not let them run away with you but it keeps you on your toes so it's something to not be avoided and it's not something to push away it's something to just get familiar with and use that as a, you know, motivating tool to kind of check your gear and um, make sure you've got your ducks in a row and that you're prepared, you know, and um, it's that combination of being prepared like that, but then trusting your instincts. And you talked about, you know, being, having instincts as a photographer and all those years of shooting weddings and, and 
being um, a documentary photographer too, um, you kind of just, yeah, just, you just kind of feel it. It's, it's such an instinctive thing, isn't it? It's, um, you know, you can feel the energy of a room or you know when um, where it's a good place to be and where not to. And it's just that experience that builds up over time too. And I, I think, I don't know, I feel like uh, the film industry has been uh, an incredible adventure for, for me and that's something I have really loved. I've never, I think I had a job, I did get a job as a photographer when I was um, in my mid, maybe early 20s um, and I got a job at, a, at the local newspaper and it was quite a small town where I grew up and uh, I, you know, it was amazing to get a full-time job as a photographer in this tiny town but I lasted about eight months and it just wasn't having a, you know, I'm not made for being a nine to fiver. Um, and I know that some people really prefer the security of that. And, and at times I've really, you know, wished that I was a bit more that way inclined, but actually the film industry suited my sense of adventure and, um, I've been lucky enough to travel a lot and I've brought my family with me uh, once I had kids and we've, you know, you, it, there's pros and cons, but we've tried to turn it into as much of an adventure as we can. Um, and in terms of moving forward, I've, I mean, I've shot on films now for nearly 20 years. So I feel like there's another stage coming up soon and um, I'm starting to teach film stills photography now too. So uh, there's, I feel like there's other things that I'd quite like to start doing too. Still within the photography industry, um, prior to having my kids, I was in between doing films. I was also um, had an art practice and I shot four by five um, portraits and I did long kind of um, projects. I got, got funded and toured and things. So I'd love to get back to that at some point as well. So that's the wonderful thing about photography is there's so many ways you can you know, there's so many ways to explore the medium that a lifetime is not really enough. <laughs> That's right. It's all, it's evolving, isn't it? It's it's always constantly evolving. I think we're always doing that. I'm doing that all the time as well. And I think that's a great thing. It's um and it's it's quite a natural thing and to be led by your instincts as well, um, to the next place of where you're going to be as well. I think that's that's wonderful. Um can you just um clarify, do you when you get a job on a, a film set, are you in the in New Zealand or do you have to go somewhere else? I was assuming that most films are made in America or the UK, I suppose. Yes. Well we lived in the UK for 16, 17 years. So so uh, most of my film career was there. And when we did move back to here to New Zealand, um, uh, which was 2017, end of 2017, we, um, all our stuff arrived and we shipped our van and our whole lives. Um, and then I got offered a big, I think it, it was a big Disney film. So we kind of, while we were not quite settled here, but not there, we went back again and um, uh, as a family and my husband homeschooled our two children while I did this Disney film. And then at the end of that, we did lots of traveling around Europe and things. So um, we were away for six months and then came back to New Zealand. Um, and then the fall and we had six months here. And then the following year I got offered the Bond film. So 
we pretty much just did the same thing again. So we had two years of having six months either side, which was amazing um, to get that in now in hindsight before this world of COVID hit. And now I am based here, obviously, and there's still things happening here in New Zealand. We're fortunate to have a reasonably in-control COVID situation here. And so there's still a lot of filming happening and, uh, you know, I'm doing um, bits and pieces here as well, which is really fun. Fantastic. So when so I I'd sort of assumed um, that when you got a job, you would go off by yourself and leave the family and go and do the job. But I hadn't appreciated that it would be two or three months, I suppose. I hadn't really thought about it. So did you find that quite, um, I just feel like that might be a lot of pressure on, on a family to do that. You sound like you coped really well with it and you, you embraced that as, as um, an experience for the children. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Did your husband, um, does he work then as well? Yeah, he's an acupuncturist. So when we were living in the UK, he um, he had a practice and uh, and and when the kids were really little, I didn't work that much. Like I would do maybe one film a year and um, it wouldn't be every day, it would be selected days. And sometimes I had um, a friend come with me to set when so that um, so that they could look after my son while he while you know someone outside if it was summer or whatever. Um, so we just juggled it, and sometimes David would um, uh, shift his days at the clinic, and we just juggled it. It was a real juggle, and it was often a bit of a compromise for him with his clinic. And um, and then I'd have long periods where I wouldn't have a film on. So um, and as the kids got a little bit older and started going to school, well, when they were really little, we travelled more. So my daughter, uh, like she. Yeah, she was three months old and we spent a month in Mallorca. Um, we spent another two weeks in the south of France before she was one and she had her first birthday in Venice. So we we just travelled, you know, um, they were, those were shorter stints there. But once they started going to school, then it was obviously not so easy to, you know, pluck them up and around and take them away. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to do something like this, you do need to either have a supportive partner or family on hand or um, lots of crew members get um, au pairs and things like that. So you do need that, that you know, um, wider support network one way or another to have a family. But it is totally possible uh, to, to do it. And, you know, most of the crew members that are um, doing it long term all have families and, uh, you know, um everyone's just doing the juggle <laughs> yeah you just figure out how to make it work but since we moved back here and we we did it, it was never a question that I was going to go away for four or five months alone like I would have said no so it would you know we sat down and talked about it and thought well this is an amazing opportunity to um you know before David gets his clinic set up before the kids get to near their teenage years they were I think they were like 10 and 8 when we when we went back and forwards a lot. So they were the perfect age to do some homeschooling and traveling. And it was wonderful as a family to, to just treat it like an adventure. That's amazing. I, I love that. I love that when you said it, we're just doing the juggle. And I think you, you're right about that, about 
everybody actually, in some way, we're all just juggling, aren't we? Um, I, people are juggling, juggling full-time jobs with photography. Other people are juggling small children. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of juggling going on in the background. And we don't always, we often see people and we look at them, we uphold them and say, they're doing amazing. They've got it all sorted. And <laughs> Or they, or they've got something special um, that they're they're privileged, so they can do this. But actually, it's not true, is it? Because if you look at the background and the reality, yeah, most people are just just getting through, and it's so worthwhile, isn't it? I I look back and when I've juggled <laughs> the kids, I remember doing my my first few weddings when Cameron was just a baby and I remember trying to keep my eyes open because I'd been up all night <laughs> with him and uh, you know the, the battles that I've had with it but thank goodness I've done it I did it you know and look where we are now we've had this amazing career so I think it's wonderful that you've I love the story of your family and the way you've managed everything so thank you for sharing that um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit now about where you're going from here I realise that we haven't talked about the the kit and the technicals. I, this is not a very technical show, I, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a show about photography where we don't talk about kit. <laughs> but but people will be interested. So we're not going to talk about kit today. But I, I think that you do some training on exactly um, how to get into um, the, sort of the, the career that you, you're in now in... in um, film and um, you're actually teaching people the ins and outs of it aren't you so if you want to just tell people a little bit about that and then um, we'll, we'll we'll get some find out where we can find you yes thank you it's um, uh, I, I run a, um, a little free course as a little introduction to film sales photography because even some photographers don't even know that this niche exists you know, it is very niche, um, but uh, lots of people don't have never heard of it. So um, it's a really nice way to introduce people to to the industry, to explain to them what a film still is, what the point of them are, why they're important to the to the film industry. And I run through a little bit of the kit that I used. And it's funny you say a photography podcast without mention of kit because that's a little bit of. Yeah, I mean, I go there with equipment, but people are quite shocked to see how small my kit bag is. Um, and then I also run a, a, a five-week-long um, intensive course where we do two modules a week, and I just lay it all on the table about how to get started, um, how to where to be on set, where not to be on set, who to talk to, who not to talk to. There's a lot of unwritten rules that... Um, a part of the film industry that uh, if you don't understand them when you first go on set, you, you sort of can find yourself flailing around not understanding what's going on. So it looks like chaos, but it's actually a really organised sort of situation. So it's great to understand all those layers of complexity so that you can get that that best shot and how to work with actors, how to shoot a poster shot, Um and equipment, and I have amazing guest speakers coming on. So um, I have a publicist in the UK and um, a, a UK producer and uh, the BBC picture editor coming on to help um, to give their perspectives and um, guide photographers into what it is that the industry is wanting, how to how to best go about, you know, 
getting a portfolio together, all those things. So, so it's, it's a really fun course. And what's amazing about the course and what surprised me about running um, a course, um, the first course that I did was the feedback I got from, from the students uh, about how much they learned and how much they got from it. Um, I go a bit into mindset as well and how to the, the kind of philosophy of being on set and the, um, the, the energy that you need to take on set as well with you. Um, but the other thing that was really amazing is the, is the community that, that happened within that group. Uh, and they've gone on to keep in touch and have a really tight little network. They still Zoom each other. They support each other. They help each other out. They ask questions of each other. So, so that's really fantastic that they, you know, that it's not just the five week course and then that's it. They're going to go on and, um, and, and, you know, be in touch for a long time, hopefully, because the industry is a little bit daunting. It's a bit, um, you can feel quite alone. Uh, even though you're working with part of a crew, you're just a department of one and that can feel lonely at times. So, um, that's been a, a massive takeaway for for me and for for the students. That sounds amazing. I think what I think what shines through when you talk about this is um, it's very similar to how I, how I feel. Is that I want my students to do well. I want them to go and and achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. And I sort of feel that from you. It's that um, that real open sort of sharing of of things that maybe you could be a bit more protective about because actually you're chaining people up into your 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 job aren't you um but, but when you really want to share that and you want to uplift other people then that's when teaching really works isn't it yeah I really agree and I, and you know I share I decided if I was going to do it I was going to share everything and share my journey as well and there's been downtime you know um times when I wanted to give up times when I wasn't enjoying it and how I got myself through that and what I did. And that's where a lot of the mindset uh, stuff comes in too and how to see it from a broader perspective as a, you know, and keep, keep everything in, in perspective. Um, so yeah, I really, really loved it. I loved that um, sharing what I've learned over the last 20 years. And I think, um, I don't know about you, Margaret, but I still sometimes feel like a beginner because photographer photography is there's always more to learn and more nuance and detail and, and another aspect of the industry that you could go and explore. And I hadn't appreciated how much I actually knew after all these years. So um, it, it was nice to share that with people and hopefully they won't have to be still, you know, take 20 years to learn what I learned. Yeah, you know. Excellent. So um, can you just tell us you're doing a free training? Can you tell us where we can find that, um, how people can sign up for it? Yeah, so you can go to filmstillsacademy.com and that will take you to the free training um, page where you can see a little bit about what's um, going to be on offer and you can register. And if you put your pop your email in there, then you'll get the free workbook that comes with that training and you'll get all the updates and notices about that as well. And that's going to be, um, at this stage, it's going to start on the 15th of March. Yeah. And I also, um, I deliver the free training on my Instagram. So that's Nicola Dove Photo. Um, and so, yeah, that's where a lot of my followers are and where my audience are. So, so I really love using Instagram as a way to, 
connect with people that are interested in film skills and that's where the training happens. It's amazing Instagram, isn't it? I love it. It's a very, um, I think it's a very friendly place at the moment uh, or has been for a while actually when you, you find, you, when you find your like-minded people and the people that really get you, it's really lovely, isn't it? I find it a lovely, a lovely channel for, for photography. Yeah, I agree. I was a bit late to the Instagram party because I was worried about the whole copyright thing and I don't know, I wasn't didn't leap on the social media thing until only a couple of years ago. So, but I have really enjoyed it. Uh, you're right. It's about finding those, the, your tribe of people that, and, and if you're interested in the same things, the, it is, it's, it's true. It's, it's very supportive um, environment. It feels really different. I'm not on Twitter or anything like that, but it feels really different from Twitter and Facebook as well. So I enjoy it. Fantastic. Okay. Um, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope some of um, the audience will join you on your training and follow you as well because her Instagram's amazing. I, I look at the, um, I look at your image and I just think, oh my goodness. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's partly because we know these films and we know these people and, and you're photographed, you've been there and you've photographed them. Um, so it is, it is, it's very cool what you do, um, but you do do it so well. And um, it's, it's been really, Really lovely to have this this insight and to chat with you today so thank you very much and um i hope your rain calms down <laughs> and you manage a good night's sleep tonight <laughs> thank you very much bye thank you bye then thank you all for listening today if you enjoyed this episode please share and review it and i'll see you on the next episode <laughs>